I'm Paul. I'm Reagan. And welcome once again to the Students Ask Podcast. Reagan, we got a bunch of crazy stuff going on at church this week, sir. It does seem that way. Um, for those of you who don't know, not in the car and the family, we have many, many small children running around because it is Vacation Bible School. Uh, Reagan, what's your favorite part of Vacation Bible School? It's just crazy. It's not organized. It's fun. Kids everywhere. It's a good time. It is crazy. And you get a break from having to fix everyone's computer around here. Which, <laughs> That's also nice. <laughs> there you go. Stuff. Nobody's using their computers. Well, let's jump right into it. Um, so last week, last time, our big concept was uh, biblical prescription versus biblical description. And um, this week's big concept is this. Um, to disagree with someone does not mean you hate them. Disagreeing does not mean that you don't love them. And uh, I, I was telling Reagan earlier um, that I was with a, a group of students somewhere where we listened to a speaker speak. And just to summarize it, um, the speaker kind of ended up telling a story where he's talking about someone with a, um, I guess I would say, a, a non-biblical uh, sexual um, behavior that they were agreeing in, or excuse me, uh, participating in, a non, non-biblical um, sexual behavior. And the speaker was basically just kind of like, you know, you just need to love them. You, you just need to love them. And I, my wife, Danielle, um, you know, I called her afterwards and she said, well, how, how was the session? And I said, you know, you know, I know it's a big concept, but we have to talk to this generation about how to disagree and still be loving. And also that if you disagree with someone, that doesn't mean you hate them. Um, and Reagan, I mean, I know that you, we, we have talked about seeing this in culture, but this is something that has even changed even just within your lifetime and you're, you're in your twenties. But, uh, what, what do you see in terms of our culture in terms of like, you know, Hey, you disagree with me. Well, you hate me. Yeah. There's, there's just no room for, for disagreeing civilly. It feels like, um, yeah, as Christians, we're called to love, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're called to, um, approve or condone certain things. But uh, yeah, I mean, even just, you know, from middle school to now, I've seen a vast difference in how people react to you disagreeing with, with something they think. Absolutely. And students, we're, this is a big concept today. And so we're, we're going to just touch on a few of these because remember, we're trying to keep this short. We're trying to keep it practical and applicable. Uh, but there was a guy that wrote a book a few years ago. And his name was D.A. Carson. And in his book, it's called The Intolerance of Tolerance. And he simply says something that's just a true statement of fact, which is the new tolerance is you not only have to agree with me, but you basically have to bless and agree with whatever I think is good. Whereas tolerance in its classical sense was I respect you as a person, but I disagree with what you're doing. I will tolerate you and, and I tolerate what you, you know, what you say, but that doesn't mean I have to accept it. And so students, you all are growing up in a society that you know, in order to quote unquote be accepting, you also, you are going to be asked to put your stamp of approval on someone's behavior. And so we're going to, we're going to get into that. And the first, I want to give you four things right here at the beginning. And these are simply concepts to keep in mind that we as Christians, um, no matter the age, but especially, um, especially students need to remember before we get into this. Okay. Well, so what's how, what's the practical application of that? So the first of these four is number one, and this is kind of a self-explanatory, but 
It's just simply this this major concept of disagreeing with someone is hate. Nor does it mean that we don't love them. If you disagree with someone, that doesn't mean that you don't love them. Uh, similarly, agreeing with uh, someone doesn't mean you love them either. Um, so I'll give give you a couple couple quick examples. First one, you know, disagreeing with someone isn't hate. So I'll explain to you. You know, here in North Carolina, we have major highways, but two of the most major highways are I forty, and that runs east to west, and I-95, which runs north to south. So if someone comes to me, you know, we're in Hickory and I-40 comes right through and they say, hey, I'm going to get on I-40 and go to Fayetteville. Uh, I kind of have to say, you know, you can use that, but you're eventually going to have to get off. And they're going to say, no, I'm right. Now, if I disagree with them, that doesn't mean I hate them. It actually means that I want the best for them. I, I, I want them to know the truth. That's not hatred. Similarly, if someone's standing up on the roof of my house with a cape on and says, I can fly, it is completely not loving of me to go, sure you can, go for it. That's not loving at all. So our 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 whole culture is in this idea that if you disagree with someone, that's hate. But in reality, it's not hatred. Neither is agreeing with someone loving. Disagreeing and agreeing simply are the way we get through life. Which goes into the second point. Lots of times when we think about disagreeing with someone, Reagan, what's the number one Bible verse that people like to throw out about judging when it comes to what they say the Bible says? Love your neighbor, I'd say. You you would say love your neighbor. I would disagree. I would say that Christ, that a lot of people say doesn't the Bible say don't judge, for sure. So we're supposed to love our neighbor, but also people say, well, you know what? The, doesn't the Bible say don't judge? Hear hear this hear this. And uh, if you want to listen to more, there's a fellow named Frank Turek that you can go and you can Google him and listen to some of this stuff. But hear me out. The Bible never says do not judge. Period. Where they're getting this from is in Matthew chapter 7. And so to paraphrase it, Jesus says, don't judge unless you want to be judged. And then he says, in the same manner in which you judge someone, you will be judged. And then he kind of spells it out further. And he says, don't go up to someone that has a speck in their eye and say, hey, let me help you get the speck out of your eye when you have a giant log in your eye. First, get rid of the log in your eye, and then you can see clearly to get the speck out of your brother's eye or your friend's eye. Well, what's Jesus saying? He's not saying don't ever judge. He says when you judge, judge correctly. And in reality, if you think about this, we all judge. Everything that we do, we judge. Right now, today, like, you know, in Hickory, we don't have a lot of choices to go to, like, a dining room because some stuff's still closed for COVID. But, you know, Reagan, right now, if I said, Reagan... Are we going to go to lunch at Chick-fil-A or Bojangles? And you say... Bojangles. Why did you do that? You just made a... Judgment. You just made a judgment. You just kind of said, I prefer this to this. You know, similarly, you know, we make judgments about everything. It's why, you know, you say UNC is better than Duke or why you think Adidas are better than Nike or why you think Toyota is better than Ford or whatever it is. And we make judgment calls all the time. 
So to say then even later, well, the Bible says don't judge is simply not true. So again, first concept, disagreeing with someone does not mean you hate them. Second thing, the Bible never says don't judge. It says when you judge, judge correctly. The third thing is maybe startling to you, but it's the thing that has crept in there. Reagan, trick question. Are all people created equal? Yes. Absolutely. All people are created equal. Here's the problem. While all people are created equal, not every idea is equal in its validity or quality. So, again, this goes back to disagreeing with someone isn't hatred. If you can remember that all people are created equal, all people are all equally loved in God's eyes, but not all ideas are equal. There are bad ideas out there and there are bad opinions out there. And so this whole idea that you must accept me and you must accept my idea and you must accept my opinion is kind of patently false. Because if we were to go back into, let's say, you know, the 1850s and you were down in the deep south in Alabama or Mississippi and you looked down into a field and there were a whole lot of African-Americans out there working really hard and someone came up to you and said, slavery is good. Reagan, what would you say about that idea? It's not. It's not. That idea is not a good idea. It's a bad idea. It's a bad opinion. Not only that, it's sinful. And so that's why the Bible calls it out as being sinful. But similarly, we have to remember that when someone says something or does something, that person you know, is equal to us, but their idea is not equal. And, you know, just because an idea is accepted by a lot of people doesn't make it okay. The idea of slavery was accepted by a whole lot of people, but that acceptance didn't make it okay. The idea of persecuting the Jews in Nazi Germany was accepted by a lot of people. Doesn't make that idea okay. So people are created equal, but that does not mean every idea is equal. And then the last of the four concepts that I want you to keep in mind is... Finally, this one is it. We aren't Jesus. We are not Jesus. We're called to represent Jesus, but we're not Jesus. Now, this trips up a lot of Christians because a lot of times we want to handle things exactly how Jesus handled them. And of course, you know, 20 years ago, there was a huge push and everyone would wear a bracelet that's a WWJD on it. And, you know, and it stands for what would Jesus do, which is a phenomenal, fantastic way to look at life and say, how would Christ react in this? However, we're forgetting one major thing, which is Jesus was God, is God. And so you and I are never going to roll into church and start kicking tables over and start, you know, knocking over the offering baskets and kicking down the flowers on the altar. You know, and you might say, well, Jesus did that. He rolled up into the temple and made a whip, (laughs) you know, and whipping people and telling people to get out. Yeah, he's He's Jesus. We are not. So there's a huge dose of humility that we need to have. So again, let's go over those four concepts real quick. Disagreeing with someone is not hate. Neither is agreeing with someone love. Uh, Secondly, the Bible never says do not judge, period. It says when you judge, judge correctly. And again, you can uh, check out Frank Turek. He has a lot to say about that. That's T-U-R-E-K. Thirdly, all people are created equal. But that does not mean that all ideas and opinions are equal. They are not. And fourth, we're not Jesus. Uh, We're not Jesus. We are absolutely called to emulate him and have um, his mind and heart and remember and memorize his words. But we ought to also have that uh, serious modicum of humility that we are not Jesus. So let's let's now get past those four concepts that we keep in mind. And let's kind of look to some application. Um, 
Reagan, what's the hardest thing about disagreeing with someone who is really, really, really harsh in their disagreement with you? You don't want to ruin a relationship or a friendship. I mean, you know, you want to have that humility to to not not permanently alter your relationship with whoever it is and uh, do it respectfully. Yeah. Loving in the midst of disagreement is tough. So I'm going to give you five things, and these are some of you may just be listening to this and you're like, duh. Um, and I know that some of them are kind of um, common sense, but uh, here's your five things because we can't just go through life agreeing with everyone trying to skirt the issues, nor can we be people that shake our fists in people's faces and return anger with Christian quote unquote anger. So the first one is this. Whoever it is that you're disagreeing with, the person that you disagree with is someone that Jesus loves more than you can possibly imagine. So this always sets the stage for how we disagree. Uh, we disagree, and we definitely remember that we disagree in love. And it's not our love that we're talking about because our love is pretty weak and finite. But the person that we disagree with, whether it's their lifestyle, whether it's how they feel about Christ, whether it's how they feel about the Bible, whether it's they're telling us that Jesus doesn't exist, that he's a myth, or that the Bible is a collection of lies, or I can live however I want to live and do whatever I want to do sexually because God loves me and he doesn't care. However you disagree with those things, that person is someone that Jesus loves more than you can imagine. And I've often said when we're trying to convince people of Jesus's love, if we don't love them, they really don't care about Christ's love for them. They want to see your love. You are the vessel that Christ is going to use. So point one, the person that you disagree with is someone Jesus loves more than you can imagine. The second thing is, as you disagree with people, usually what we do is we listen to the thing that we we hear. We hear them disagree. You know, we, we hear the things that they say that we disagree with. And we wait, and then we blast them with our opinion. Uh, you know, it's usually it's like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you say what you're going to say. Maybe we don't even let them say it. Maybe we just blast them right off the bat. But one of the things we need to learn to do is we need to learn to ask good questions. So there's a fellow named Greg Kokel, K-O-U-K-L. He's written a book called Tactics, and I'll kind of distill it down because I don't know how many teenagers might pick up tactics, but hopefully maybe a few. Um, but Greg says, you know, we need to learn to ask good questions. So when someone comes out there and they say, I believe God created me however this way right now, and I believe that for me to really live, I just need to go do whatever I want to, you know, sexually or whatever the Bible says is immorally. And so often we want to say, no, but instead maybe a step back and learn to ask good questions about it. So Greg Kuckel, in his tactics, he, he says, you know, some good questions are, what did you mean by that? Because somebody's going to say, I believe God's given me the freedom to do whatever I want to, but they don't necessarily, you, you want to know, are they parroting back to you just something they've heard or read or seen on a TikTok video? And you want to say, what does freedom mean? How do, how do you get freedom? Um, you know, Greg Kuckel says another one is say, how'd you come to that conclusion? And you want to ask questions because quite often you're, you and I, we may be people that are just parroting back, saying things we've heard other people say. 
And you want to give that person a chance to clarify. And also, too, you want to listen to understand, not listen so that there can be a silence and then you can bludgeon someone back over the head with what your opinion is. So first things, person you disagree with, someone Jesus loves more than you. Second thing, learn to ask good questions. Third, strive to keep the door open. So Reagan and I are going to uh, role play this real quick. Uh, we're just we're making this up. Reagan, I believe that a quote-unquote fetus in the womb is nothing more than a clump of cells, and uh, you should be able to abort it whenever you want to because it's your freedom. I'm I'm super curious how you came to that conclusion. I mean, I have my own (laughs) reasons to believe that life begins where I believe it begins, but I'm curious how you got there. Sure, and so we're end on role-playing. Um. Reagan, you did that perfectly because point number three is strive to keep the door open. Um, you know, we've, we've, Reagan did that. He's asking good questions. What, what you mean by that? How'd you come to that conclusion? But so often when we disagree with someone, there's a point where we, because of our pride or because we want to be right or because we want to be superior, we do something that slams the door on us ever having another conversation with that person. And it's hard because, you know, we, you know, we want to be right. But some of the things you can do is you want to certainly avoid name calling. This is not just in person, but especially online. When you call someone an idiot, I mean, as much as you feel like they are an idiot, um, you're not Jesus, you know. So avoid name calling. Avoid, um, avoid doing anything that just slams the door. You want to keep the ability to have another conversation with them. Um, God is working in that person's life and you want to continue to have the ability to have another conversation with them. If you slam the door, you're never going to have a chance to, you know, you might have a greater thought. God might reveal something to you as a greater way of explaining something, or you're going to run across a podcast or something in scripture, more likely something in scripture, and it's going to help you explain something. But if you slam the door, it's going to be really hard to get that door back up again. So avoid name calling, avoid trying to, you know, have a exclamation point at the end of what you say and say, I don't want to ever hear from you again. Fourth thing is stay close to this person, even when it's uncomfortable. So if we go back to what we said, you know, the world thinks that when you disagree with them, that you hate them. So often when you disagree with them, they're going to watch how you live after that. And a lot of times what the Christians we do We've got to be honest about this. We disagree with someone, then we back away and we just throw stones at them online or from a distance or, you know, tweet mean things at them. But if you and I, when we disagree with someone, can prove that we truly believe that Jesus loves this person more than we could possibly imagine, we stay close to them even when it's uncomfortable. That might mean you're going to absorb being called a bigot. You're going to absorb being called closed-minded. You're going to absorb being called, you know, stupid or whatever. You absorb those things, and with your actions, you stay close. And those things are the same things we do when we emulate Christ. Christ didn't love us from afar. He literally comes to us, stretches himself on a cross, and is standing there in front of people that are saying, crucify him, crucify him. And he doesn't call down the angel armies. He stays there and he stays close. And when we do follow his example of staying close, we demonstrate that we're not just saying that Christ loves them and we love them. We're showing it. And finally, this is not the final last thing, prayer. 
we pray for that person. And now I came to prayer not because it's our last resort, but because I wanted it to be the last thing that we said. Remember, you and I are not in the business of changing people's hearts. That is God's territory. You and I are the vessels that he chooses to use. Similarly, you know, when Paul was there and he went to Greece, he had these great conversations with philosophers and Greek theologians that were worshiping many different gods. And he knew that he wasn't going to change them, but he put himself out there to have conversations with them. But we also, in the similar fashion, these people that we disagree with, we've got to be in prayer for them. Prayer, not just that God would soften and work in their hearts, but that prayer for God would give us a greater heart to love them, to not get impatient with them, to not write them off, to put ourselves out there close to them. So real quick, one through five, the person you disagree with is someone Jesus loves more than you can imagine. Learn how to ask good questions. Strive to keep the door open. Stay close even when it's uncomfortable and pray for the person. Remember, students, disagreeing with someone does not mean you hate them. We need to learn and do a better job of engaging our culture and especially our friends. Again, if you have a question, and if you're at Corinth Church or you're just out there listening, send your question to me, Paul at Corinth today, C-O-R-I-N-T-H-T-O-D-A-Y dot O-R-G. And uh, in, the, in the subject line, put uh, Students Ask Podcast. But uh, for myself and Reagan Lale, thank you so much for coming and being with us. And we love you guys. Let me pray for you. Jesus, I pray that something that was said today uh, would minister to someone, especially help us to love people that we disagree with. Help us to be good agents for you in this world so that the world would know that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And it's in your name we pray. And Reagan said, Amen. Love you guys.